Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here, welcoming you back to the show this morning. Yes, it is morning going on 8 o'clock here in Vancouver, Canada. The first race of the new Formula One 2020 World Championship is now under our belt after getting the first race over and done with at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. And what a race it was. Plenty of action and only 11 cars finishing after it was all said and done and we're going to talk it uh, talk about it over the next half an hour or so and break it down as the the result is uh, finally confirmed the results are provisional at the moment so let's uh, just go over that uh, quickly so Valtteri Bottas wins the first race of the season for 2020 much like he did last year this time being in Austria not in Australia however the first uh, well let's go through the entire uh, 10 cars sorry 11 cars that finished because there was a lot of things going on the track uh, today, and there weren't many cars that finished by our normal standards. Anyways, P1, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Charles Leclerc finishing in P2, Lando Norris finishing in P3, Lewis Hamilton in fourth, fifth was Carlos Sainz, sixth, Sergio Perez, seventh, uh, Pierre Gasly, eighth, Esteban Ocon, ninth, Antonio Giovinazzi, tenth was Sebastian Vettel, and eleventh was Nicholas Latifi, the Canadian driver, missing out on a, a point in his for, very first Formula One Grand Prix. And what a race it was, plenty of action going on the track. But before we even got down to racing this morning, there was a bit of a change. The, uh, the grid yesterday Yesterday was set to be an all-Mercedes front row lockout. Valtteri Bottas beating Lewis Hamilton by just the smallest of margins, about 12 one-hundredths of a, a second. But Lewis Hamilton was handed a, a three-pace grid penalty just hours before the Grand Prix, because uh, in Q3 yesterday, as they were going out for their final hot lap, uh, Valtteri Bottas got a little wide, went off the track, got into the grass. Lewis didn't uh, slow down for the full course, say yellow. And then uh, there was a protest launched uh, by uh, Red Bull this morning before the race, after some new footage came to light. And then the stewards uh, did ultimately ru- uh, rule that uh, that Lewis was speeding under yellow, and he was uh, handed the full, or sorry, handed a, a three-place grid penalty. So this morning, when we got off uh, to racing at the Red Bull Ring, we had uh, uh, Valtteri Bottas, Max Verstappen on row one. Row two was uh, Lando Norris and Alex Albon. Uh, Row three was um, Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez. Uh, Row four, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr. And then row five, Lance Stroll and Danny Ricciardo. And uh, well, I mean, the the race, very, very uh, dramatic. Well, I mean, getting off the start, it was a very good start, I thought, by uh, Valtteri Bottas. Uh, pretty fast. Uh, Norris uh, was uh, pretty quick off the line right behind him. You could tell that maybe Max was struggling a little bit uh, for grip. I, I think just being on the, the inside of the track there, you know, not not as much rubber there, maybe just a little bit, bit uh, dirtier, but still managed to to, uh, to to get the position. But he was fighting off uh, Lando uh, basically the entire, um, you know, the first lap there. 
But the great pace that we saw from McLaren during qualifying didn't really equate to, to great pace in the race uh, once we uh, got going. After uh, the third lap, uh, Alex Albon had actually uh, passed Lando Norris into to, to P3, which has set up a, a running order of Bottas, Verstappen, and Albon. Lewis was still in P5 until lap four. He was just sort of hanging there, thereabouts. But, you know, it's, it's a long, long race. But it was interesting, too, in that opening phase of the race, uh, Max was holding about uh, two, two and a half seconds uh, behind uh, Valtteri Bottas in the lead there. And I was wondering if that was uh, perhaps uh, an issue, you know, we, we were, sorry, deliberate because we've seen over the years at, at this time of year when we get to Austria that it can be a bit of an issue when it comes to heat and to cooling in the cars. And that was, uh, you know, been an issue for many people. And it was a, a, an issue uh, today as well. So anyways, uh, Hamilton did, did uh, finally manage to pass uh, Alex Albon in lap uh, nine, but lap 11 was, uh, well, that was the first big dramatic uh, moment of the, the the race when all of a sudden we saw uh, Max uh, dropping down through the order quite uh, dramatically, went into the pits, um, rather unplanned, of course. Um, it wasn't in the pit stop window by any means. Max went in and then uh, was uh, forced to, to retire soonly thereafter. And then when uh, Christian Horner was uh, interviewed uh, a little bit later in the race, he uh, did say that uh, Max uh, had retired due to a, an electrical issue that was still under investigation. So I'm sure that will uh, come out uh, in the, the, the following days, uh, what the, uh, the actual problem was. But uh, certainly it was um, not the, the start that Max wanted. He won there the previous two years, was looking for the hat trick. Sadly, it wasn't uh, to be. But then uh, right at the very end of the race, Alex Albon uh, dropped down. And uh, well, there'll be more about Alex uh, as well as we get to it. But uh, it was very interesting too, just the the amount of cars that we saw struggling because very shortly after uh, Max uh, dropping out on uh, lap 11, uh, we saw Danny Ricardo uh, uh, retire on about lap 18 or or 19. Uh, it looked like at the time he was just touring around in third gear. Uh, the The initial specula- uh, speculation was that perhaps he was having a gearbox issue, but later that was confirmed by Renault that uh, that he had a, a cooling issue. So, you know, the, the one thing that really struck me, though, uh, in, in the opening phase of the, the, the race, at least up until the, 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 the pit stop and for those of you that watched the race and all the craziness that we had with the several uh, safety cars in the the, the second half uh, of the race, it really did uh, flip the, the the order up on its head. Maybe somewhat uh, artificially, because I think that just looking the way how strong that uh, Mercedes were throughout the, the the race, that had there not been those couple of safety car periods, uh, that um, I think they just would have completely walked away with it. Obviously, I mean they they were just that much faster than than, than everyone else. But before the things really got shaken on their head, uh, shaken upside down, the one thing that really struck me was just how lacking that Ferrari were in pace. Uh, just uh, it was really apparent, and I, I thought it was interesting too because you kind of had this mirrored situation. You had Sergio Perez in the racing point leading Charles Leclerc, and then a little bit uh, further uh, down, uh, just a couple of positions back, you had Lance Stroll in front of uh, Sebastian Vettel, and the Ferraris just could not match them on straight line speed, especially when you get that long. Uh, sort of straight away after you go through uh, the, uh, the the big 90 degree corner at turn one, and you have that little flick to the left uh, halfway up that uh, straight away at, uh, you know, they, they actually call it a turn. It's more of a deflection really um, at, at turn two before you get to the big, uh, another 90 degree turn at turn three. But going up the the, the hill there, the, just to, even just on power and performance, the Ferraris just could not match the, 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 the racing points. I thought, well, <laughs> I don't think any of us a year ago would have th- thought that, um, that that would be possible that that Ferrari would be at such a disadvantage to 
the, the 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 racing points, and even to McLaren too. I think it was quite obvious that the um, you know the statement uh, that Charles Leclerc was saying earlier this week that um, he was ninety nine percent sure that Ferrari was going to struggle this year. I think was absolutely apparent, and I think that just based on what we saw today, just in, in, in straight head to head racing, especially through the first half of the race, uh, just really goes to show how crucial these upgrades that Ferrari are going to bring to Hungary in a couple of weeks actually are because if if they're basically racing with the same spec car that they took to Barcelona way back in February and everybody's uh, evolved from there that uh, and and they've upgraded their their car in multiple areas in their 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 power unit as well that Ferrari have a real big a uh, big uh, pile and mountain of work ahead of them to do to try and claw back some uh, reliability and, or maybe not reliability, but um, uh, some performance. Because there is some speculation uh, again, and uh, we we talked about it just on the, the the regular show just a couple of days ago, that even with um, you know the, the the way that things are, that that, uh, that we never really did hear what the the uh, the, the reason was for or the um, uh, or what the ruling was regarding Ferrari's power unit last season over the offseason into the winter what the ruling was there and there was even speculation that uh, it has been uh, unconfirmed that uh, perhaps over the, uh, the 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 winter that Ferrari had to completely redesign the power unit to comply with uh, whatever transgression it was but i mean that, that that is a bit of a you know it's all speculation it's all just guessing and of course it's not in the public realm but it really makes uh, you wonder and i think uh, you know i why well, i don't think i know that the uh, that the p2 by uh, you know for Charles Leclerc was an absolute uh, bonus and completely unexpected for Ferrari today because uh, they just uh, they looked to second best they look uh, like they were lacking or obviously lacking uh, in, in terms of pace behind the McLarens and the racing points and the question is now um, are they uh, not only are they a top three team at the moment but they're probably in in the top five I think uh, McLaren looking like uh, pretty much that they are the, the, the in, in the top four top five as well and racing point certainly look very very strong on pace although they did have their issues with throughout the race as well. Anyways, uh, time for a very quick break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, well, welcome back to the show and uh, wrapping up the season opener at uh, the Austrian Grand Prix today. And of course, that race was won by Valtteri Bottas, Charles Leclerc in P2, and Lando Norris coming home P3 for McLaren. Great results for Lando and uh, and McLaren. Uh, good to see them uh, doing so well uh, today. But uh, just uh, to finish up uh, that thought on racing points, I was making uh, just uh, before the break there that, uh, yeah, well, uh, and, and McLaren as well. I think that uh, the, both of them have obviously improved 
improved uh, quite a bit uh, over the winter, and a very very disappointing uh, result. Uh, I think uh, in in for uh, Racing Point, uh, Lance Stroll retired uh, sort of a third or uh, not quite halfway through the race uh, for um, you know I think it was engine issues. I have not uh, confirmed that yet. And uh, Sergio Perez uh, finishing P six, and it looked at one point uh, that um, you know I, I think for them uh, a podium got away from them because uh, when you had the the, the first safety car incident after uh, Kevin Magnuson had that uh, right front brake failure and uh, then his car was uh, somewhat uh, precariously uh, parked in that uh, gravel trap in the asphalt area just um, at, at turn three and the uh, just off the apex there that brought up the first uh, safety car and then um, everybody went in and it, there was a real flurry of uh, of cars uh, going in there uh, and, and everybody did go in and change uh, from the, the tires that they're running to hards so uh, Kevin Magnuson, that that happened on uh, lap 25, and uh, th- this being a 71 lap race, most uh, most of the cars, I think they're running mediums at the time. Any everywhere, pardon me. Anyways, everybody switched over to the hard compound tires at that point, obviously making it a a, a, a one stop uh, race. But anyways, when it, it came to the the, the restart there, um, <laughs> it uh, well. I'm going to get back to the other the point I was going to make about uh, uh, Racing Point and uh, and McLaren in a bit here because it kind of leads into the uh, the, the next safety car period. But I would be remiss if I didn't um, just address quickly the restart was that uh, Sebastian Vettel and Carlos Sainz tangling at uh, turn three. And I think tangling is a little bit uh, unfair to uh, you know put it in um, you know because that sort of uh, suggests that that's part of um, uh, Carlos Sainz's problem or or fault. When I don't think it, it clearly was, but um, anyways, just going up into that uh, that that corner, um, there there was looked like a little bit of room that uh, Science uh, left in there, but it, it was it was another lunge, another clumsy move by Sebastian Vettel. He was just too far back. He was never going to make that uh, that move stick. Anyways, he he did touch uh, Carlos Science uh, spun out and uh, ended up uh, dropping all the way down to to, to P fifteen, which in all effect was uh, the, the the back of the, the the running order at that point. You know that that's very typical. You know just. Uh, as soon as I saw that uh, Sebastian looked like he was going to do something, it's just like, oh boy, here we go again. We know how this uh, this movie ends. And when uh, you, you saw that, uh, you had to think, well, you know, you, you can see why, or the, at least the justification uh, for many, uh, you know, for, for Sebastian not to go back to, to Ferrari was uh, quite a, quite apparent there. And it just, it just sometimes I don't get the the the, the mental place that uh, that Vettel was going to, you know, he is. I mean, it's I mean, sure the door was open slightly, but he was never going to make that uh, that that move uh, stick. So, uh, anyways, the, the the one thing that was uh, very interesting though after the, um, the 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 restart there was that the um, that uh, that the Bottas was struggling a little bit on the the hard tires compared to to Lewis Hamilton. And uh, after Lewis had uh, moved up into P two, I think he was about seven and a half seconds uh, behind, and uh, he was able to, to to really push his way uh, back. And that that safety car really uh, did uh, close the gap. I think by the time the safety car came uh, or that period came in there that uh, I think Lewis was about three, three and a half and uh, three and a half seconds behind uh, Bottas at that point. But anyways, uh, they double stacked the cars, got them both on hard tires. And after the restart, you could just tell that uh, that, that the Bottas just wasn't feeling it, uh, just uh, wasn't doing as well on the hard tires as Lewis was. And he really closed that, uh, that, that gap up at one point. I think it was uh, down to about four tenths of a second 
second, and uh, it, it looked like an a, an overtake was uh, was imminent. It, it could happen, but uh, but it never did. And they're, they're, of course, you, you get into that situation, and they're they're talking about it on Sky Sports. Oh, perhaps uh, you know we're going to get the message soon uh, about uh, team orders. I thought, well. Do you have to do team orders so early in the season? Why not let uh, these guys race? And if you're Lewis Hamilton, would you not just be a tad bit insulted that uh, you know team orders are going to come out and you're told to you know give this one to to, to Valtteri? I mean, sure, I know that uh, that Lewis is um, you know he is a team guy and uh, you know he, he wants to see Mercedes win and everything like that. But still, I mean. I think that sends a bad message if uh, he's the number one driver. I mean, he's reigning world champion. He's won multiple world championships uh, with uh, Mercedes and, and helped them win multiple world uh, championships in the constru- constructors as well. Anyways, uh, it did kind of come over the uh, the, the, the radio that um, they were t- uh, told to stay off the, the, the curbs. I mean, the curbs have been an issue at uh, the, the Red Bull ring for the past couple of years. And um, there was uh, they were having problems with the gearbox uh, sensors and they were just uh, really worried about it. And um, then they, they they both got the exact same uh, uh, message over race radio, and then Bottas was uh, told uh, they had more of an issue than the uh, the other car. And um, well, it it never really did come into a, a huge uh, factor in the end because on lap fifty one. Uh, George Russell uh, pulled off to the side of the track. He had Roman Grosjean touring around as well. So that uh, brings out a, another safety car. Anyways, what got really interesting here was that uh, the, the the running order at this time, the top three was uh, Mercedes. So uh, Bottas Hamilton, P3 was uh, was Sergio Perez in the racing point. Anyways, uh, those top three cars decided to stay out on the track and everybody else uh, went into the pits uh, for, for uh, softer compound tires. So the, the Red Bulls, McLarens, uh, for example, they came out on uh, on medium tires, and it, it was just a, it was it was an interesting interesting uh, choice, uh, considering that uh, th- there was an opportunity for those three cars to go back into the pits when they came around uh, again. Uh, they did opt to, to stay out. Obviously, they would have sacrificed uh, that track position. But anyways, they get back to, to racing, and then less than a lap later, we're back to another safety car. But uh, before that. We had the restart and uh, going up uh, the, the hill in the straight uh, after turn two into turn three, going around the corner at turn three, we had Alex Albon was all over the back of the racing point of uh, Sergio Perez. And I thought at the time, you know, they're really going to regret not going in for for fresh tires, for softer tires, you know, the mediums, the softs, whatever the choice, uh, you know, for that car was, because it was apparent uh, right away that, uh, that, uh, that, that Albon had more pace. And he did actually get around, almost got around him uh, completely but just far enough ahead because just as he did going around the corner and then getting down onto that straightaway as you go um, up and over the hill and down into turn five that the uh, the yellow flags and another safety car came out because bizarrely you have Kimi Raikkonen parked up against the side of the pit wall minus a front right tire. So at first, the, the way that the, the, the car was kind of listing and, and, and leaning to the right kind of looked a, a little bit strange. And my initial reaction was, well, did Kimi get onto the curbs and then fly across the track and plow into the, uh, into the, uh, the, the pit wall there? And on the the replay was, uh, well, it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that uh, coming around those last couple of corners, just before you get into the start-finish straight, 
that actually the right front tire actually came loose. It was um, it was quite spectacular. If you saw the the in car camera from uh, Kimi Raikkonen and then uh, Sebastian Vettel, who was uh, running behind the Alfa Romeo at the time, as you saw the tire come off the the, the mounting and kind of hang there before the restraint broke off, and then um, it went uh, went uh, bouncing across the the the, the track there. So just um, a, a very very bizarre. Uh, situation but in in terms of things i mean we saw nine cars ret- retire from the race today and that in this modern era of uh, of formula 1 just is not something that we see uh, very often i mean just on a typical race in the last couple of years maybe we see a couple of uh, cars retiring due to mechanical issues at most last year at the austrian grand prix we had the entire field of 20 cars finish the race so just uh, that there you go i mean and um, previously well i mean mercedes will be uh, keen to forget the double dnf that they had at the red bull ring a couple of years ago but very very uh, interesting to see and I, I think it was pretty obvious the rust that uh, that, that was there you'll pun intended uh, in many aspects uh, today was really apparent of the the enforced layoff that um, that formula one had to go through over those uh, you know the couple of months uh, what with the, the the covid shutdown and and everything all the the shutdown orders and you know enforced by, by uh, or put in place by formula one and the fia and uh, the, the fact there was a, a lot of work that didn't go uh, you know it didn't happen on these cars uh, during the spring after the the season opener was canceled in uh, australia anyways time for another break here on the overtime media network and just hang in there still a couple more things to talk about as we break down the 2020 season opener at the austrian grand prix don't go away we'll be back in just a moment All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And yes, we're just uh, talking about the 2020 Formula One season opener at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. And we're going to be back there again this time next week for the follow-up. It's not going to be the Austrian Grand Prix. It's going to be the Styrian Grand Prix because that is the area of Austria where Spielberg and the Red Bull Ring is. And next week's race, I think, is going to be very, very interesting. What with a race already under our belt, uh, the the drivers are just going to know the track that much uh, better. I mean, they know it very well uh, to, to to begin with but with familiarity breeds comfort and i think that uh, having a race underneath their belts there is really going to set up a, an interesting follow-up race in one week's time and uh, another thing it will be interesting to see if that uh, you know the teams that uh, can iron out uh, some of the gremlins that uh, we see uh, or, or that we did see um, uh, during the, the the race today because the tires that uh, or sorry the the cars that we saw retire uh were as follows um max Verstappen on lap 11, Danny Ricardo lap 17, Lance Stroll in the racing point in on lap 20, uh, Kevin Magnussen on lap 24, a brake failure, uh, Roman Grosjean retiring on lap 49, George Russell on lap 49, Kimi Raikkonen on lap 53, Alex Albon in the second Red Bull in lap six, on lap 67, and then uh, Kenny uh, Danny Kvyat retiring on the very final lap of the race after he had a a very big punctured rather dramatically just after he passed uh, start finish uh, when his uh, left rear tire uh, punctured and exploded in rather spectacular fashion. But the, the big obvious uh, one there 
I mean, Haas really isn't. A, a double DNF is is no surprise there, sadly. I mean, this uh, is a team that's uh, you know, struggled last year and is uh, struggling uh, this year off uh, right off of the bat here. But the, the double DNF, they're having two double DNFs uh, here. Um, you know, the, the the big one there obviously is is Red Bull. And um, this is very much uh, a surprise because coming into the race, they sounded very confident. They sounded very prepared. I mean, uh, you had Christian Horner earlier this week saying, that this is the most prepared that this team has been since 2013, which is the last time that they won a world championship. And I mean, this is obviously light years ago, eons ago in uh, terms of uh, Formula One, but Christian as team principal have felt that uh, that they're in a in the best place that they've been in terms of preparation for a new season in almost a decade. I mean that that is a, a very very big statement, a powerful statement, uh, you know, to me. But uh, and to see both of them retire uh, for the for the issues that they had. I mean, Max uh, an electrical issue and um, Alex Albon at the time of recording. I mean, the race has only just finished about uh, half uh, half an hour ago, forty five minutes ago. Uh, I've been not been able to, to get a cause uh, for his retirement, but uh, not something uh, that really expected. I mean, th- this is a team that that last year did uh, very, very well in the first year that they they had uh, with Honda and to see some uh, technical glitches and uh, and gremlins creeping into the car was uh, something that uh, that nobody uh, obviously really expected. But anyway, so l- let's get back and uh, as, as we start to uh, close down the, uh, the, 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 the recap of the race here, the big action came after that. That uh, final safety car after uh, Kimi Raikkonen's um, uh, Alpha was parked on the uh, the start finish straight, and it was spectacular <laughs> because uh, uh, well, first of all, in the in the running order, you had the two Mercedes and then the uh, and then the racing point, and then it was confirmed by a race control that Alex Albon and uh, and Sergio Perez had to switch places because uh, Alex Albon did actually do enough to get in front of him before the the, the full course yellow uh, that was brought out uh, because of um, of Raikkonen's crash into the wall after all the yellow flags came out there, obviously. And so that switched them around and then uh, restarting the race. You had Alex on the, the much uh, fresher, softer compound tires. You had uh, Lewis and, uh, and Valtteri Bottas on the, you know, the older, harder compound tires. And, uh, well, it was a spectacular restart. And uh, going around the track, it was Alex Albon climbing all over the back of Lewis Hamilton's uh, Mercedes. And uh, as he went around turn three, up and over the hill, down into turn four, you had uh, Alex all over the place, really trying to, to to get around Lewis any way that he could. Lewis was not going to make it uh, easy. He uh, pulled a little bit to the inside uh, line to defend the corner and take that away from Alex. Alex, being the aggressive young driver that he is and not taking no for an answer, decided to try and pass Lewis around the outside of the corner going into t- uh, turn four. Managed to get the car completely all the way around. Lewis under acceleration, not leaving a lot of room for, for Alex Albon. They touch uh, uh, wheels. Uh, Lewis's left front tire came into contact with uh, Alex's left, re- or, sorry, right rear tire. Alex uh, spins off, goes into the gravel, ends up basically, I think, all the way down in uh, P15. Uh, immediately, the incident is noted uh, by the stewards that it's uh, under investigation. And then uh, after replay, it was pretty obvious uh, when, when you saw the overhead camera compared to the in-car camera that, uh, well, I mean, it was pretty obvious from the in-car camera from Lewis Hamilton uh, how far uh 
Alex Albon was at the time, but uh, the the stewards, you know, having the benefit of uh, looking at this uh, footage as well, decided, especially when you see the overhead camera, that uh, that Lewis did not uh, leave enough room and awarded him a, a five second uh, penalty, and uh, ultimately that had uh, a big big impact on what happened uh, on the race. So um, he, yeah, I've got in my notes here that uh, Albon dropped all the way down to to, to P fifteen, and then uh, Lewis awarded the five second t- time penalty, and then that was just one of two time penalties right at the, the end of the race. Uh, Sergio Perez then handed a five second time penalty, dropped uh, him uh, obviously even uh, further down the, the 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 finishing order there, the final race classification, and, and that was really a shame for Racing Point because had they done things a little bit uh, differently, they certainly could have uh, had the opportunity for uh, for a podium uh, today. First of all, I think one of the blunders uh, that they had was the, um, the 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 decision not to, to to pit under the safety car there, staying on those hard compound tires because you knew that other people were going to do it. And then uh, you know the five second um, penalty for for speeding in the pit lane, uh, you know, a, a real shame. I mean, but I mean, still, I mean, it, from terms of where they were a year ago, I mean, a, a P six is is very decent. I mean, uh, b- before Lance Stroll retired, I mean, he was uh, really showing some uh, some good pace as well. It, it was good, but uh, it certainly uh, could have been uh, much much better for for Racing Point uh, today. But the uh, you know the the real exciting thing that that was happening right at the end uh, was uh, Lando Norris uh, passing Sergio Perez uh, right at the very end there, and then uh, you know right uh, before the end of the race, uh, you know you had uh, Danny Kvyat uh, his uh, tire exploding, and then as they they all crossed uh, over the line, you had uh, Lando Norris beating uh, Lewis or finishing within uh, five seconds of Lewis Hamilton, and after that uh, that time penalty was applied, then uh, Lewis uh, ending up uh, well much further down than he thought. I mean, we don't often see things like that happen. I mean, the the incident uh, between Lewis and Albon in uh, Brazil last year was it was very very eerily similar what happened uh, uh, today. Uh, but you know, uh, Lewis finishing off the podium in P four, but uh, good on Lando Norris who actually ended up uh, with the the, the fastest uh, lap of the race. Uh, he said a one hundred seven point four seven five. I mean, if you compare that to um, uh, Valtteri Bottas's uh, uh, pole setting time in Q three of a one hundred two point nine three nine. You know, uh, quite a bit uh, different there, but then you know, good for Lando to throw in uh, that uh, that uh, that fastest lap right at the end there uh, to uh, to uh, secure you know the, the podium, his first podium in Formula One, and really good to see uh, Mercedes up there. I'm uh, sorry, uh, McLaren uh, uh, finishing up there uh, as well. But you know, very interesting too. Uh, you know that uh, that, uh, that that Bottas should win the season opener, and uh, very much like he did last year as well in in Australia. Is this a sign of things to come or? Is it going to be very much the, the same as last year when we saw that uh, Valtteri won the opening race of the year and then Lewis uh, very sh- shortly thereafter establishing or reestablishing his dominance uh, of, uh, of Formula One and of the season and then Valtteri uh, catching up and, and playing, uh, well, I would say second fiddle, but uh, certainly was uh, behind Lewis Hamilton at that point in time anyways. Well, that's it. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was a it was a fun, fun race to watch uh, this morning. It was great to to see the action back on the track. It looked a little bit weird with the the lack of people in and around the pit lane, of course, especially uh, in some of the areas that you see. Certainly, very bizarre to see that uh, all the stands were empty at the Red Bull Ring. But uh, other than that, for me, it still worked. It looked good out there. But that's it. 
we'll do it again this time next week and uh, can't wait and that's it that's a wrap thanks guys for uh, downloading listening to the show this morning if you want to get in touch please do so by sending me an email at scooteryf1pod at gmail.com or tweet me on the twitters at scooteryf1pod and that's it that's a wrap look forward to being back in a couple of days as I bring you all the latest news from Formula 1 until then have a great week and we'll talk to you soon bye for now Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.